This is a Solitaire Media original podcast. Hello, welcome to the Galway podcast. This is Fender Jackson. Yesterday was exciting. I launched the new podcast channel, the Ireland Podcast. There's a trailer on the Galway Podcast channel. If you just scroll back, you'll find that and you'll be able to get a flavor of what the Ireland Podcast might be. Yeah, might be. It'll probably take a few episodes for me to get a full flavor of what shape it'll take. Launching a podcast channel is a bit like jumping off a building. Really exciting, a bit terrifying, and no turning back. But the Ireland podcast will have yeah, a lot of optimism and goodness being shown in Ireland, as if Ireland really needs that. It's got a great image internationally. So thanks to everybody who's listened to that and who subscribed to the Ireland podcast. Feel free to share this information with your family and friends. Anything that you think will be of interest to them. The more popular it is, the better chance it has of success. And the more likely it is that the channels will be continued. I'll keep the Galway podcast going as long as my energy allows me. I'm joined this week by James Gallagher. James is from County Donegal, but living in County Galway. And he plays a lot of traditional Irish music, traditional songs, I should say. And he, you can see him busking on Shop Street quite a lot. You'll notice him from his distinctive voice because he sounds very much like Luke Kelly. I know this because I heard him quite a few years ago at a party and he was singing and I thought Luke Kelly was there. It was unreal. Apart from the obvious songs where it's somebody else singing like Pete Seeger or whatever, those Dubliner songs that you're going to hear interspersed in this interview um, will be James singing. So see if you can tell the difference. Many years ago, whenever I used to play in a funk band up in Belfast, we used to play original material. And we kind of looked down upon people who were playing covers or in covers bands. And with the passage of time, wisdom does descend upon one, whether one is prepared for it or not, or whether one wants it or not. And Whenever I see covers bands, I'm looking at the musician now, not the, the band, which is a better way to look at it. And you got to remember, Elvis Presley didn't write very many songs. So what I'm saying is, there's a real art in performing music, whether it's your own music or somebody else's, it doesn't matter. Anyway, James is a fascinating character, and I really enjoyed hanging out with him and I really enjoy listening to him singing. He packs out theatres all over Europe, so I argue that we're lucky to have him here in Galway. This is the first part of a two-part interview. The uh, second part will come out next week. Let's go to that conversation. Band, wrap it up. 
This is the Galway Podcast. Hello. Who are you and what do you do? You're talking to me. I am. Who am I? What do I do? My name is uh, James Gallagher. I am a street performer, busker. I play in theatres and uh, do a lot of, uh, how would you say, folk music, Dubliner's music, Clancy's music, all sorts of folk stuff, really. Yeah, I've been doing it now for longer than I care to remember. Longer than I can remember. I've been a wild rover for many a year And I spent all my money on whiskey and beer Ah, but now I'm returning with gold in great store And I never will play the wild rover no more And it's no name never to frequent and I told the landlady all me money was spent I asked her for credit she answered me name such the custom as yours I can have any day and it's no name never It's no first get into music? Um, I first got into music uh, at a very young age. By that I mean interested in it. I remember um, listening to, when my friends were listening to the pop music of the day, I was listening to old back in time music. I, I liked, um, I love ballad music. and Irish ballads? Any kind of a ballad, yeah. Irish ballads and um, I also liked 
or loved rather the Irish tenors. I liked the, the power. I was always, um, how would you say, attracted to the power of the voice. What uh, one could do with her, the person could do with her voice. I always find that fascinating. And I think that's what made me want to pursue a career, eventually, and and singing. And so, what at what stage did you actually pick up an instrument? Uh, I remember um, the first time I picked up an instrument. It was actually. Believe it or not, it was a harmonica. Um, uh, it was an old one lying around the house. And I picked it up one day and had no problem in playing it. And after that then came a tin whistle and we had a whistler or there was whistle lessons rather and I got one or two whistle lessons. And then I started writing out the tunes, start humming them and writing them down then for myself. So at what age was this? Oh, it would have been um, about nine or years of age or ten years of age or something. And you're writing out the tunes as you're writing in C, F, I would, yeah, I would, the B-A-G-F-E-D, and I, I, would, I would just do, like, hum it a little bit, and then I would play it in the whistle until I got it right, and then I'd write it all down and then kind of learn it back. Hmm. Yeah. So. But it, it wasn't scored out with dots. It was oh, God, no. no. I still can't read music at all. Yeah. No, yeah, I, and I, neither can Paul McCartney. It's not, well, it hasn't held him back, certainly, anyway, no, yeah. definitely not. No, I, I can't read music, it's, it's absolutely, it's, it's like a foreign language to me, I can't, I can't. So after Tin Whistle came what? Um, after Tin Whistle then, I messed about a bit with the bar on, and I didn't much care for that too much. And next came a string of guitars, and I had guitars for, I don't know how long before I could actually learn to, to play guitars and I had the old books you know the old books where it said oh this is a A chord and they try to start you off and like Amazing Grace or something like that there and I could, could never get it and I was at a party one evening and there was this woman there and she started showing me a couple of things on the guitar and, and it just clicked it just all those years of picking up a guitar and throwing it into the corner and, and it just all clicked and then eventually I, I could I could do it the only other major problem was when I, when I, my first airy gigs is that I could never tune it properly. Airy gigs? Uh, air, early gigs. Early, early gigs. Earlier gigs. It's I your could, accent, so, sorry. I oh, can't, yes. I well, can't understand yeah. this uh, Donegal accent. A, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but my problem was tuning the, the instrument. I didn't know how to. Mm. I'd have to have someone else to tune it for me. And if I couldn't, it happened to me one night I was playing singing in, in, a, in a local bar in Donegal. I think it was Dunfanaghy next to Creasley. And I normally had someone with me, a musician with me, that, that and, I, and I would just sing, which is all I wanted to do anyway. I wasn't really, you know, particularly interested in learning an instrument. I just wanted to sing. That's just basically what I wanted to do. But um, this particular evening, I was on my own. And I had the guitar. A couple of hours before the gig, I realised that the guitar wasn't in tune. There was no one around to tune it for me. I remember the panic. And there was no internet. And there was no tuners. There was no internet back, back then, really. There wasn't, like, this wasn't such a thing. So I had to make up a tuning. And I had to make up three chords. 
and I had to use a cap one, stick those three cords I remembered and all night and prayed that the tuning peg didn't move one millimeter. Uh-huh. And luckily, it, I got away with it. So the, the way it was tuned wasn't standard tuning. I don't know what to this day what the tuning was. <laughs> I just had to I just had to sweat it out and and really just put, I just right okay my fingers yeah I'll I'll kind of get away with that. Right. And by if you ask me to do it today and I've been a professional singer for well over 23 years. If you asked me to do it today, I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to do it. Wow. I don't know what it was. Necessity is the mother of invention. Yes, it's the mother of a lot of things, but inventions, <laughs> inventions certainly one of them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you meant, well, you've mentioned Donegal. Where, where were you born and where did you grow up? I was born in, um, in Etterkenny Hospital. I was uh, brought up in uh, a small town called Creasla. Uh, it's about 20 miles roughly, give or take, outside of the big town of Letterkenny. And uh, yeah, so I, we, that's where I was brought up and went what, to school there. What was life like that for you there? Um, it, it, was a, it, was a, it was a good life. We were brought up on a, a farm, cattle. So a rural existence? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so a lot of a lot of time spent around animals and stuff like that there, and it was uh, yeah very nice. Yeah. And your your so your dad's a farmer. Oh, of course, yeah, yes, mm. absolutely. So Creasla, we we unfortunately know from um, the accident. Oh yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Do you want to say anything about that? Oh, I, I don't. I mean, I I don't don't mind if you want to talk about that. Aye, aye. That's absolutely fine. I mean, I I um I haven't lived there for a long time, and so I. I'd know. I know. Knew a, f- a few of the people. Obviously, some I did, some I didn't. Mm. But it was um, it was a terrible blow to such a, a, s- a small town, a small area. Really, you know, by that I mean population. Mm-hmm. You know, so to to lose that percentage of the population is is bad. It's mm. very very bad. Um, but um, they're they're um, they're a strong people down there. They're a tough people. I'm sure though. And everybody will have known everybody who. Of course, perished. absolutely. It's yeah. like any 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 small town in Ireland. Every everybody knows. Yeah. Everybody knows everybody. Like at the, yeah. I remember looking into it at the time. So I I lived in Cloddy whenever the Cloddy bomb happened. Oh and, God! Yeah. And there was nine people died, and maybe three hundred people living in the village. And mm. I looked at the stats for Creasla, and I mm. might be out my figures there, but I looked at the stats, and I could see that the impact with the amount of people who died versus the amount of people who lived in the village. This is the thing, yeah. was greater, so, and the impact of Claudie is still being felt. Well, <clears throat> I, 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 I'm not sure. I mean, I mean to lose any member of the community or, or let it be nine or 19 or, or mm. whatever, it's, it's still a, a, a terrible blow to the community. Absolutely. I mean, there's nobody to say that this is worse than that. It's, yeah. It's still, yeah. you know... Yeah. I'm sure the people of Claudia would be, you know, very sad to lose their people as much as the people of Greece would be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you now live in County Galway? I live in County Galway. I've been living here since, um, I think I arrived here in February 2009. And what brought you here? I came up here for, I was busking, I was busking and, and playing gigs in, uh, down in Cork, county and city. And there was a friend of mine, and he'd been busking up in Galway, and he said, and playing up, he says, it's a good place for music. Why don't you give it a go? 
And I said, I don't know, I'm happy where I am. He said, just go up for a weekend. So I went up for a weekend, and that's about 14 years ago. <laughs> so it's the longest weekend I've ever had, a, the longest weekend of my life. What happened that you stayed? What happened that I stayed? Yeah. Well, well, he was. It was true what he said. It was. It was about. It's about the best town in Ireland at the, for for music, uh, certainly for for uh, my type of music. I can't speak for other genres of music because I don't dabble in them really. But um, yeah, the the busking was very good. We formed a band a band pretty soon, and just just took it from there. Before we knew it, we were. Uh, playing five nights a week, six nights a week, and and then bu and busking during the day, you know. So it was a full time job. There was no reason to go anywhere else, really, as far as I could see. And is that band that you started? Is that the band that you're in today? No, it's not at all. It's it's very hard to keep a band together. Yeah. You know, you're talking about Paul McCartney there. I mean, not even the when they had the height of the fame, the Beatles could stay together. Yeah. So a small time outfit like mine, they, they, you know, they're, it, it's very hard to get, like when you, like our band now is a five piece band. And it's very hard to get four band members to think the same way. Uh, bands. As off, you. <laughs> as, as me, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, it's, it's not a democracy as far as I'm concerned when, <laughs> when we're playing. But, um, but it is, it's very hard to get, to get five guys or gals or whoever the case may be or to, to, to want the same thing. Mm. And even if you get them to want the same thing, it's very hard to get them to keep wanting the same thing for the same prolonged period of time. And in the same way. And in the same way. Yeah. Because music, uh, singing, it, it's, it's, it looks like an easy job, but I discovered that it's, it's not an easy job. Um, it's a very fickle business to be in uh, because one minute... You're one minute, for example, you could be playing to an audience in a theater with 300 people in Germany. And a week later, you're, you're, you're busking on the side of the road for pennies. Mm. It's just, it's like a vocation. You, 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 you it, I cannot explain it. And no matter how badly you do or how badly things go wrong, you, you're drawn back into it. Mm. Like, you know, like a, a and 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 it, and you're just drawn back to it, mm. and it burns you like like a, like a moth to a to a candle. Mm. There's, there's no what's he doing? But you do, you just you're, do. You're, I can't explain. You're, you're smiling there as you say that. But I'm smiling as I say it because I, I'm realizing as I say it how ridiculous that it sounds. But it, it's true. I have no other way to describe it. I couldn't picture myself doing anything else for, for any long period of time. I, I don't think I, I don't think I could. Mm. You know, if I hadn't the music to 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 fall back on I, I, I've looked into personality um, types and there's a, a concept called ocean I don't know if you've come across it uh, sure. yeah. o, o is o, openness being creative mm. C is conscientiousness E is extroversion versus introversion mm. A is assertiveness and N is neuroticism mm. and O is um, 
creative type. So mm. if you're open and creative, you have that need and that desire to be creative. And if you're not doing that, you're not fulfilling who you are. And mm -hmm. um, it's it said that anybody who's creative, who doesn't practice being creative, they kind of wither on the vine a little. Oh, yeah. Well, I think as well, there's, there's, there's different types. I think if I could try and describe myself, I think it's a need to entertain. I think that's what it is. You're an entertainer. I have to be able to entertain. Yeah. It's what gives me the biggest kick as being able to walk into a room and have everybody light up and be happy and sing along. Uh -huh. it's, it's kind of a need to entertain. It's the only way I can't, I can't, I don't want to analyze, I, analyze myself uh, too much, too much hmm. because we'll have to call for the fellas in the white coat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, that's the only way I, I can't, I can't think in it any other way. Well, there's also the Marys Briggs, which is like a lower resolution of the ocean thing, which, <clears> and, there's 16 different personality types and one of them is the entertainer. Mm. And yeah, I, I looked into this because I'm actually the same character type. I'm an entertainer. Oh, yeah. And um, we, if you, I let's assume that you are that, you share it with Elvis and Bill Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was happy if you just left it. <laughs> if you had just left it at Elvis, I would have been quite happy. Uh, but yeah, well, I suppose uh, I believe that uh, Bill Clinton himself uh, plays saxophone, doesn't he? That's right. Yeah, he's a musician yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose a politician. Well, I don't want to get too far into politics, but most of them are uh, entertainers, exactly, or yeah. actors anyway. Yeah, they're yeah. definitely a lot of them are acting a part. They're not Absolutely. really, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so at what point did you realize that? that's who you are, that that's your need to walk into a room to light uh, the candle of yourself and shine brightly. I'm not sure of the exact, of the exact um, moment in time. I, I don't know. I think it was, it could be different. It could, could have been, I can't say exactly the exact, uh, it could have been a couple of different times and then just uh, sort of formed together i i i know when i re I, I i can i can tell you when i really wanted to do it i i seen um i seen a a, a video or, or a tape or whatever it was of the dubliners in concert and i seen the way they could hold the crowd and the way they walked onto the stage i remember this particular video i forget where they were some part of europe and they walked onto the stage. I think there's only four of them now at this stage. It was Kelly and Ronnie wasn't there, but there's, and they just walked onto the stage like uh, gunslingers. Mm. Just walked on like they owned the stage. And I could tell to look at their faces if you stopped at Friedman that these fellas were so confident in their ability that no matter who they walked out in front of, you're going to sit down, you're going to shut up, you're going to listen, you're going to have a good time. Mm -hmm. That that's to me, and they're just dressed like lumberjacks, like mm -hmm. you know the, these padded shirts and this. And they walked on and they they, they just they, that that, and I thought that's it, that's it, that's what I'm going to do, that's what I'm going to do full time. There's nothing and nothing is going to. I'll move hell and were, anything. To, were you in your twenties or teens? I was. I would have been in my very early twenties when I had, when I when I first witnessed that. Okay. I I'd, I'd obviously heard heard them you know tapes and on the radio and 
and stuff like that there, but uh, nothing prepared me for what, for that. And was that then a call to arms for yourself? Oh, did, yeah. Did you have, a, what I mean is, did you go straight into strategizing to have a plan to get yeah. to, okay. okay. So do you want to talk about that? I, I yeah, sure. Um, well, th- there was a friend of mine and he was a very, very good singer. Is a very good, still is a very good singer rather. He's, he doesn't do much, you know, uh, that. He was very good at, he would sing like Ronnie Drew type stuff and he was very good, mm. is very good. And uh, he, he's, he's doing his own thing now, you know, he's, he's working away and happy. But um, so we, we would go in as a kind of a double act. Now, this is before I seen that video. We was in kind of a, a double act. I, mean, I would start singing. So don't mention his name? I, well, yeah, of course. Well, Wayne, Wayne Wilder, yeah. Just, uh-huh. and you check him out, actually. Yeah, yeah. If you if, check out any of his stuff, he's a very, very good singer. Yeah. And um, so we would go into uh, pubs around Cork and stuff, and, and, and he and he actually introduced me to Boston. And he introduced me to Boston. And so we'd go around and we'd do these gigs, and people, I would sing, and they'd be like, oh. And the next thing he would sing, and they'd be like, "Jesus, that's so." So we started building musicians around 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 us. And you knew that you sounded like Luke Kelly and Ronnie Drew at that stage. Yeah, well, people were people were telling us that that's what we sounded like. So it wasn't actually you going out to try and sound like Ronnie. Uh, no, 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 no. It was absolute pure accident. Uh, we we met at a at a party of a mutual friend, hmm. and a friend of ours from. County Derry, and we were living down Cork, and his friend had seen me playing in the some pub, and he said, "Oh, I have a friend, and and he's a good singer too, and we're we're having a a, a get together in my house uh, next weekend. You're welcome to come along if you want." And and I said, "I yeah, I said I would." I was very young, early twenties, and nothing else for doing. And the next weekend, I when I was walking in the door, I could hear this voice singing. And uh, we sung together, and everybody at the party was like, oh, listen to that. And uh, the best tradition of folk music, we had too much to drink, and we ended up having a fight. And uh, we made up the next morning when we were getting cured. Uh, I think we were getting... Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. We went down to the Charlie's Bar, I think it was called. And uh, we, we, we moved on from there. And he did come up to Galway, and we... we, we Formed a band called the Atlantic Pirates at the time. It's now gone. And with the with the the purpose in mind, we 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 were very cautious of the or conscious of the fact that if we went down this road, there was no turning back. Musically, there was no turning back. Because when you do something like that, that's all people want to see you doing. Mm-hmm. Even though I write songs and I can do this and I can do that. And he was very aware, more cautious and more conscious of it than I was really, I think, mm. that, that if we go down this road, if we go down the road as a folk band, but with my voice and with his voice, the comparison was going to be ultimately made. And I, 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 I was at a point where I could turn around and say, no, I don't want to do it. But then I was like, no, I, I can't. I, this is it. Whatever people and then you get the usual people throwing it at you saying well it can only be one of this person and they only be one of that person and of course it can only be one of this person and one of that person absolutely but i think they're they're the legacy of the dubliners i think their legacy is it's something that if can be carried on properly because it's more than that it's more than just a band then it becomes a 
a recognition of our culture. So they're not, uh, they are, they were a band, but not a band, but a, like a, 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 an amalgamation of, 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 of Irishness in a song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what, what it does. And, and also as well, I, I, I really like the fact, and this is not, again, not a political thing, or I like the fact that it's not like wolf tones or something like that there. It can be liked by everybody. It should be liked by everybody. Yeah. And indeed respected by, by everybody. I mean, we did a tour there uh, this year. And we went to some, we started in Birmingham and went down to London. We were in Canterbury and all those places to got there. And to English audiences who could just clap and sing and have a good time and enjoy it mm. without... You know, effing and blinded in a microphone. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to disparage any band, but that. Mm-hmm. But I'm just kind of happy that that's we can. There's a more inclusive way of 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 sing, it singing it yeah. without having to run around the football jerseys shouting at one another. Good on you. I like that. Yeah, I just for that's just my personal thing. Mm-hmm. I, I I anybody else wants to listen to whatever they want to do. That's their yeah. thing. You know. Do you have a grandparent that you never met? Do you wonder what they were like? What type of life did they have? What type of person were they? How did they laugh? Both of my grandfathers had passed before I was born. So in 2006, when there was no signs of my children arriving anytime soon, I video interviewed both my parents. I asked them about their lives, the holidays they had, their parents, their grandparents. How did they meet? What did they do and what were they like? Where's their final resting place? Some time elapsed, my children did come along, and then my mother passed on, and yeah, sure I miss her, but I still have a video of her telling me about her life story. Now, I video interview other people's older relatives as a present for their loved ones. If you want me to capture your special memories, please get in touch at saltfulmedia.com. Thanks. This is the Galway Podcast. So at what point did you realise the, compar- the comparison between yourself and Luke Kelly's voice? Well, I, 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 I couldn't really see it because I thought I sounded more like a Tommy Macon type character when I was singing. Then when I, when I first recorded, I could kind of see what people meant. But I, 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 I still... I don't know. I just see myself as, as me. Uh-huh. That's as lucky enough to be able to sing the songs that that, that I sing. You know, I'd, I'd see it like that. And if people want to make a comparison and if they want to do that, then my God, I mean, there's there's worse people you could be compared to. So so therefore, I'll take it. I'll take it as a compliment 
I'm quite happy to take that compliment. So yeah. I'll tell you. The could first be worse. They could tell me I sounded like Ed Sheeran or something like that. I mean, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be way worse. You know. No comment. So, uh, <laughs> so, so I'll tell you. Whenever I first encountered you, it was. Mm. It must have been about two thousand and nine. So I, I'm mm. guessing you came to Galway. I was at my aunt's funeral party up in her house. Funeral party. Yes. All right. So she, uh, yeah, she was. We we did it in style. We we had a, we had a two year wake because she donated her body to science. Oh, I had the same similar thing to that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, so we were at the funeral. I can't remember if it was the wake party or the funeral party, but it was around that time anyway. And mm. you were at my aunt's house, and you were singing in her garden. That was AJ's house, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, I remember that we were at the same party. Yeah. Well, oh. she was my aunt, and you were singing. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was his mother. Yeah. God almighty. Yeah, because I can remember that. I remember uh, I remember we were sitting down beside all the booze. Uh, that's and we right. Were, and AJ said, oh, you, you know, have as much as you want to drink. We were like, oh, yeah, go on and drink away. <laughs> we were singing like all these, you know, suggestive songs and that there. And I said, by the way, what is this? And the band said, oh, it's my mother's funeral. Like, oh, jeez, I'm sorry. I, 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 like, no, no, she's been dead for two years. It's okay. I'm like, oh, 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 okay. I don't know how to feel about that. that that's, that's fine, yeah. Because yeah, because we were we were we were going up to play in the I think it's the we were playing in the Clayton Hotel that night. I don't know what they call it now. Was it called the Carton or something? I'm not sure, but we were playing up there uh-huh. afterwards. Uh-huh. Yeah, that that was that was yeah. So you were in some state whenever you rocked up there. Uh, well, I could I could drink back then. I can't drink so much anymore now. I'm not, I'm not able to drink so much anymore now. So then we fast forward some time. I'm now in China, and I get a photograph sent from USA. Mm. From my cousin, 80's brother. Yeah. And it's his brother, William, mm-hmm. and, and you from Shop Street. Oh, yeah. Sent from USA to me in China. And I showed it to my buddy, my colleague, Sean Oak. From that bounced around a lot, that I know. photograph, yeah. And I showed it to my buddy in Cavan, or from Cavan in yeah. China, in my room in China. Mm. And I said, here, do you know this fella here? He says, James Gallagher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he knows you obviously from uh, his time in Galway fifteen years ago, but yeah. yeah. So you don't know, you don't know how impactful you are until well, you, you never actually know, you never fathom it. Mm, well, there was a there was an interview done one time with the late great Sir Terry Pratchett, a great writer, and these people were this woman who was interviewing him, gave him all these compliments and said, you know. You know, I've queued up for miles to get your book signed. And he says, yeah, that's fine. He says, but I'm still just an old curmudgeon around the house that cleans out the cat box. I mean, I'm not, nobody ever looks at themselves like that, I think. I, I hope not anyway. Hmm. You want to have a fairly big ego to, to, to think of yourself as, as, as that. There, there's a few people that I think I might have uh, encouraged maybe to, to take up banjo and, and a couple of bands that have started up that, be sitting across the road and watching me. I won't name them now, but they've been, they used to sit across the road and watch me play, and they, they, they formed a similar kind of a group. And young lads, and they're doing very well, and I wish them all the best. But um, it's, 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 it goes, you have to be really careful too, like when dealing with the public, what you say. I remember I was in a, I was in a bar of all places, and I was outside having a smoke. And this big young lad, he'd been, 18, but well, I'd say he was nearly six foot nine or six foot eight. And he said, James, he said, how are you? I said, I'm, I'm good, yeah, how are you? He says, I remember, he says, when I was eight years of age, 
and me, myself and my mother used to stop and listen to you, to you sing. He says, you're very nice to me. And I thought to the back of my head, thank God I was very nice to you. <laughs> 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 but it goes to show you, you know, you, you have to be, you know, you, you try and do a bit, a bit uh, try and be as nice as you can anyway to people, I think, as you go, as you go along. Because Karma. Yeah, karma, exactly. Yeah. Well, I don't know, I suppose, yes. Yeah, got to say. Yeah. Must be rooting something there with karma. Yeah. So, what's life like for you now? Um, you're on the road a lot? Yes, I'm on the road Do a lot. Do you want to talk, uh, talk us through that? Um, well, being on the road is, is, is fine. I still haven't got over uh, a fear I have of flying. Right. I would rather stand in front of 10,000 people with nothing around my neck but the banjo than, than go on a, a flight. I hate them. I hate the sight of them. Even when they're on the ground, I get scared looking at them. So I, I, I have to... Uh, did, you, did you have an experience? or is No, it? no, I just don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't like them. I think it's in part as well that one of my favourite programmes is Air Crash Investigation, which probably doesn't <laughs> help matters at all. So I'm, I'm barred from watching that at the house. I'm not allowed to watch Air Crash Investigation. But the touring itself is, is, is very... Um, it's interesting. You don't get to see... When you go to a country, you don't get to see much of it when you're playing music because... You're either resting up from the night before, or you, and you really have to behave. Seriously, you have to behave, uh, and so you you have to, you spend most of the time in the either the hotel or the house that has been provided for you. You spend most of the day sitting in there reading, taking your Kindle out and reading, and, and having a cup of tea, and waiting for the show to start. So there's a lot of waiting. The show itself is wonderful, and you be, you might have a couple of drinks with people afterwards. Sometimes we do a meet and greet. But you know, people come out to shake hands and say hello. But uh, there's, an, there's, there's an awful lot of travel in it. An awful lot of travel. And w- so, how long's your set? Well, our set we we'd, in in the theatres we 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 do about uh, roughly the whole show lasts about two hours. So, um, the theatres you start maybe at eight o'clock or a half eight, and then you play for an hour, say, and take a ten minute break. Because a lot of these places has bars and stuff, so people have to go out and you know uh, do whatever they got to do, and then after that they come back in, and then you do their, you play the rest then, and then you'll meet and greet them afterwards. Then you say hello and hi. And in terms of the material, do, is it all straight down the line Dubliner stuff? Oh yes, what we do is straight all. Or do you, do you do like uh, the Dubliners do Ed Sheeran for example? No, we don't do any Ed Sheeran. <laughs> well, we do. Uh, we we do have all of our own stories. We we tell stories and and and. I think because some of the songs, a lot of the songs can be pretty serious. They can be pretty serious uh, ballads or love ballads. We try and introduce as much levity as possible without becoming a comedy act. You know, some of the songs are very funny and, and you know, the kind of suggestive humour, but a lot of them are very serious songs. You have songs like um, The Town I Love So Well and, of course, a very lovely ballad and, and, and Ragan Road is a lovely love song. So, so we try and have, um, we, we, before the start of any tour, like we'll, we'll kind of work out in our heads what, what we're going to say. Not obviously written down, but we'll, we kind of, you know, we know what, we're at it long enough now, but uh, so if one story really works, we we'll, can use it the next night, but, but it, it won't be used for the next tour. Like we don't want someone saying, well, I came and see you two years ago and you're saying the same thing. And we try and change the, the set list around. 
But I mean, you're talking of, about a band that has recorded that that band has been hundreds of songs. So you've 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 loads of material to 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 choose from. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loads of material. To and do you, obviously you choose the hits, but do you throw in material that you want to play. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, it the, the hits are fine, but you have people that are coming there that are new to the show. They're brought along by uh, maybe their parents, you know, who had seen the Dubliners, actually seen the Dubliners. And and if you have really kind of diehard sort of fans or f- fan, but fans of that type of music, there's a lot of, uh, how would you say, like you play the whiskey in the jar and stuff like that there. But sometimes you'll sneak in an odd one or two songs like uh, like old kind of a ballads, a rare one. And people are like, Oh, I haven't heard that since this time. And then, of course, the younger person, not always, but they'll say, oh, I've never heard that. that that's a good song. Or I've never heard that. That's a rubbish song. Or they can make up their own mind about it. So you're you're, you're filtering in this old, new material mm, yeah. back, back out. And when I do my solo uh, shows and tours, I do them as well. Uh, I'll introduce a lot more than Dublin, a different t- type of stuff. But uh, I remember I remember playing in this place and I was singing, I'll sing the, the Gypsy Rover like this whole song. And everybody's like, oh, oh, James. To hell with that song. Well, by the end, they were all singing along and, and clinking their glasses and having a great time. And, mm-hmm. You know, so, so you know, I think it depends how you deliver a song too, like, you know. You mentioned there that you write your own material? Not for myself as such. I do write for other people and I write stuff, but I try not to write too much because I get into that headspace when I start writing that that, 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 that I start getting dizzy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not... Um, it's all consuming in a way. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, if you were going to write like say you had to write five songs you need to be I don't mean this in a bad way everybody's different but you have to become the most selfish person in the world you need to go away somewhere for a couple of weeks whatever length of time it takes you have to do whatever you need to do for yourself and nobody else and concentrate single-mindedly it's almost like a, a boxer training for, for, a, for a, a match he's just focused there's nothing else can get in the way. That's it. Uh, and I mean, that, that that takes, you know, to do it right. And you end up cracking up sometime in the middle of it. That's where all those famous artists are. All, they're all about singers. They're, they're all like Keith Richards and stuff like that. There. I think that's the reason why. I mean, they go, they've rented out a house some whatever place and spent weeks 
taking all sorts just because it, it probably they probably they probably were drinking green tea at the start, <laughs> you know, and then and then, then it was like a, I'll have a beer in the next thing before you know it, like the syringes come out. I don't know, I'm not sure, but you know, I, I can imagine that 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 would be the. So I try to avoid uh, uh, writing too much. So you write on a on a needs basis. So whenever somebody needs something from you, or whenever you need it from yourself, just as um, if I get an idea, mm. uh, if I get an idea, uh, and I don't get an idea by by walking in nature, I don't get an idea by sitting in the bath, or I get an idea for me if I sit down and I'm strumming a guitar or a banjo on my own and keep going over and back and over and back, and then something then will come mm. first. But when I write as well, I, I write, it seems to all, it all comes at once. So, so, I don't have a very I have a very poor pen hand, writing hand. So I have to be careful not to write too fast, otherwise I can't read what I've written, and I can't type at all. I'm a one finger typer. So, but it comes the whole lot comes out so fast that I could be. I might put down the chorus first, or I might have the second verse down first. It's all coming at the one time, and then I have to go back over it loads and loads of times to, to to take this out and take that out and do rearrange not, the verses. Do you not record it on the phone? I do do a bit of, I do record it now, yes. I do record a bit of it now to make it, to make it you know, easier. to make it a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, a lot, it's a lot of hard, not, I wouldn't say hard work, because some people find songwriting pretty, pretty easy. Mm. I much prefer performing songs, singing songs, mm-hmm. than, 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 than writing them. I can't, I can't, I can't imagine how anyone would find that a joyful experience. Like, so, do people perform your material? Um, no. I, well, there's a couple of friends of mine I've given a few songs to and stuff like that there, and, and I've only ever recorded one of the songs that I did on a video, and 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 that was that that was it. You know, I have a drawer full of stuff and, and have a phone full of notes and stuff as well as maybe maybe so maybe someday we'll, we'll come up with you know do do a an album but again um <laughs> but, you, but you don't feel the need to perform like one of your songs with the band no no i don't know I, I, I don't see it's very hard now to come across a good song mm-hmm. a good pop song mm-hmm. and it's very hard to come across a good rock song now, why is that? Because I think the arts singing, uh, especially singing, I think it's only facet of life that has gone backwards <laughs> and not forwards. Medicine, medical science has come leaps and bounds. Uh, we were talking about earlier on, renewable energy, all these things have come on leaps and bounds. They come on, you know... Um, Architecture, like but by that I mean the the strength of materials and what, what all these things you, you can you can anything you can fathom, but I think musically speaking, it has gone in the reverse, and I don't know. Well, I do and I don't know. I go through YouTube and I see some of the these great singers. You know, they're wonderful. 20 times, 100 times better than, than me. And by that I mean because they're, they're doing up-to-date, you know, that's not, nothing wrong that I do, but they could be doing that. And they're wonderful voices and nobody knows who they are. 
because you have these X factors and, and all this stuff that, that it's just uh, you, you can't. Uh, I, I seen an interview years ago with with um, Liam Clancy and there's a band, Scottish band called the Corries, and they were doing this. They were doing this interview, and he said years ago they had a, a, a label for every genre of music. You had a label for for classical, for rock and roll, for folk, for pop, for. But what they did was then they they turned it into an industry. They melded all those things together. Do you know what I mean? And so therefore, it was, unless you're playing a certain genre of music or close to it, the song has the matching market. It's song I said that yeah, mm. I said it. There was another one I watched his interview with with um, an old uh, a really good uh, singer called Frank Zappa. Oh, yeah. but he was yeah. being interviewed, and he said when he started off, you went in. To, and there's these old recording executives, right? And they were just these old heavy guys with big cigars. They're like, so he, I don't know what this is. They would say, I don't know what it is. Just send it out, see what it does. See, see if it yeah. works. We don't know. Just send it out, to hell with it. And then if it sold a couple of 30,000 copies, you know what? Yeah, we'll have some more of that. That'll work. But he said the problem was that they got in a young, hippier, young, hips, hip person because they got afraid, like they said, there's a lot of money to be made, but we don't know mm. what, it, what. So, so then they get this person in and they would say, so like if somebody else would come in and they'll say, what do you think about that? Oh no, the young people don't want that. And I would know. Mm. And he said, they were far better off with the old guys with the cigars mm. saying, I don't know what it is, put it out, let's try it. Mm. And these people say, no, no, I, I know that people won't like that. And I think that's what's, I think that's what's happening. It, the comparison's been made with Dave Bowie who released his third album he'd never be released now yeah and, and, and that'd be a crying shame but Bowie's absolutely well was a genius at that God rest. Yeah. but but he do you think he would he, they wouldn't run they would laugh him out of the mm. laugh him out of the studio yeah seriously they, they wouldn't I mean you think a lot of those those great um, uh, artists they wouldn't have got a chance Elton John has been interviewed and he said the same thing he says if, if it was now like he got rejected when he first started out but he said, "If just now, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't get a second chance. Yeah. Nobody, nobody would give me a second chance. You know. Uh-huh. And when you talk about the 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 top top people mm-hmm. talking like that, like, and they know what they know what they really know what they're talking about, you know. So I, I don't know. I don't think it's such a good thing. So for now, you're happy to be in the tribute band and not uh, recording your own material. Oh, I'm quite happy doing it. Yeah, I'm quite happy. I'm quite happy doing it because I um I enjoy it. I really, I, I really enjoy it. As you say, the the need for you is the performance. Just to perform. Yeah, yeah. Just to perform, and especially that type of type of music. Uh-huh. It doesn't feel like, although it is a tribute band, it doesn't feel like a tribute band as such. Yeah. Because yeah. we're having a good time, and everybody's having a good time. Uh-huh. We just, just we're to, to me, we're just a band. Yeah, I was basically just, just, so just a band. I don't, so I don't yeah. see it as we're this act or we're that act. Hmm. I just think we're just five. Irish lads mm-hmm. walking out with their instruments and, uh-huh. and playing to people and having a good time. Yeah, that, I, because we, we didn't we, we with the pirates as well. When we first started with them, we, we we had lots of different songs as well. It just wasn't all we used to old Hamish Emlach songs and stuff like that there. Mm-hmm. And so it just grew from that then into the full on Dubliners type of thing. But, but I, I still don't. I just see myself as James Gallagher walking out onto the stage playing. If they're happy, they're happy, and if not, I can't do much about it. Tune in next week for the rest of this conversation. This has been a Salt Hill Media original podcast and production.